0: This is What The FC. I'm Will Martin. And I'm Matt McCutcheon. MLS is weird, and we love a good story. Let's go. Welcome back to What The FC. You are listening to episode 10, where Matt and I are going to have a little bit of fun. So as you might have read in the title or the show notes today, we are going to do basically a fake expansion draft. Matt and I are going to, we set our own rules for this expansion draft, uh, because doing anything else would have been way too complicated. Uh, I don't know,
1: man. These, these rules were tough. Bro. <laughs> they were tough. It
0: got a little tough towards the end. We'll explain those rules in a second. Um, but yeah, Matt and I were sitting around and as we always are trying to come up with story ideas and show ideas. And our last two episodes were pretty heavy episodes. A lot of interviews, had to cut together that interview footage, had to figure out the story themes and talk through it. And then those episodes take a lot of work. And yeah. they're, they're multiple week projects that we're putting together. So occasionally we want to get together here at Matt's apartment in front of our Christmas albums today with this Christmas tree up feeling the Christmas spirit after getting back from Thanksgiving and we just want to have a little bit of fun and unwind and um, hopefully provide you guys with a couple laughs and also keep it relevant to MLS so A couple weeks ago, I think it was on November 13th, the NWSL, which is the National Women's Soccer League, uh, the uh, women's equivalent to MLS, and they had an expansion draft. And basically what this is, is when a brand new team comes into a league. They get to draft players off of current squads. It, it's a weird concept, but if you're an American sports fan, you've seen it happen back in the day with the, the NFL. Um, I know hockey does it with the NHL. Um, uh, like, Las Vegas was really famous for doing that. Like, they went straight to the Stanley Cup after basically yeah. having an entire roster made of expansion draft picks. So it was basically all the players they'd left unprotected. So different leagues have different rules. You can normally, like, protect certain players from getting picked. And then if someone gets picked off your franchise, then like you can't get any other people picked off your franchise. And they have all these sorts of rules around it. And that's how a major way that a lot of these expansion teams build their initial rosters. They do the same thing in major league soccer. Uh, It used to be a, a much bigger deal. Now, you maybe get one or two actual pieces from an expansion draft. And then a lot of kind of trade pieces and some guys that you can flip for value and, and that kind of stuff, maybe some depth guys because the MLS teams can protect so many players. So the only rule you need to know about Matt i's draft is that once a player gets picked off of a major league soccer team, that team can no longer have any other players selected. We didn't protect any players. Anyone was available and that's pretty much all we concerned ourselves with because we didn't want to make this thing too complicated. We wanted to have a little bit of fun with it. So right before we're recording this episode, we actually did the draft uh, because it wouldn't be fun for you guys to sit here and listen to a minute of silence while I stress over which pick I'm going to do. <laughs> and then listen to Matt, count me down, seven, six. And I'm like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'll take him. So you guys don't want to hear that. So we've already done the draft. And now we're going to sit here and defend our picks and try to kind of rip each other's teams apart and see who has the better team. So after that very lengthy introduction and very long explanation of what we're doing today, are you excited for this one, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling in the Christmas spirit and excited to uh, watch the Dallas and Seattle playoff game afterwards. Oh, I'm so excited. And yeah, I, I can't wait. The playoffs have been incredible. If you haven't watched them yet... What are you doing? It's <laughs> you crazy. have no excuse. It is so crazy. It's been one of the most fun things that I've been able to watch. It is more motivating for me to continue investing into learning about MLS and uh, yeah, so excited for e- explaining some of my interesting picks <laughs> and uh, just crumbling under pressure yeah. and pretty happy <laughs> with some picks, not very happy with others. But no. how about you? You excited? Um,
0: I'm really happy with my team. Uh, they're was one pick that went really wrong for me um, that I'm not disappointed about the player ended up getting, but I'm disappointed that I waited too long and I I kind of out-thought myself. So you guys will see who that is once we get there. But let's get straight into it. We did a coin toss right before we started, and I won that coin toss, so I got the first overall pick. So with the first pick in the 2020 What The FC Expansion Draft... Uh, I took Nico Lodero, number 10 attacking midfielder from the Seattle Sounders. Um, When I was developing my strategy before this in preparation, it was always going to be Nico Lodero, number one, all day long. Uh, He's 31 years old. He's the captain of Seattle. Um, Since arriving, he's been at Seattle for four years. He's won two MLS Cups and appeared in in the MLS Cup three times. He had two goals and five assists in the 2019 playoffs. The dude's just a winner. He, he's just walked into MLS and won from the very start. If you guys go back to our MLS 101 miniseries, uh, we told the story for Seattle about uh, Nico Lodero coming in in the middle of the season in the summer and then immediately leading them to MLS Cup the dude is most people need to adapt to the league and, you know, get settled and all this kind of stuff. He just hit the ground running, started scoring goals, started assisting. Unbelievable. There's articles that are written about him. I read an article recently. I think it was in the athletic about how they have to literally pull Nico Ladero off of the training field. Uh, you know, normally like you have a game and then you come in the next day and the guys who played significant minutes, they just sit around and like do recovery and do regen and that yeah. kind of stuff. Every time after a game, Nico Lodero's like coming in, like wanting to play in the 11 v 11 scrimmage for the guys that didn't play and wanting to play in the intense scrimmage. And they'll be like, no, you, you can't. And they'll pull him off the field. So then he'll just go upstairs to the training room and set the treadmill to a high setting and just like run some miles Good and then dude, like Lord. do a bit of regen and go home. That He's an animal. So um, even though he is 31 years old, I still feel like he's got, you know, two, three, four more years left in his prime. Um, He's going to be a great leader for my team, great lead by example kind of guy. He's the guy that you want as the centerpiece of your team. And so I'm really happy to have Nico Lodero as my number one overall pick and my my building block for my team.
1: Yeah, no, he was number one on my list as well in terms (laughs) of
0: cams uh, for my team. Would, Would you have taken him number one if you had the number one pick? Or would you have taken who you took?
1: Uh no I would have probably taken him. Um, you would have taken Nico. Yeah I would oh, have, I would have taken Nico. I'm so glad I won well.
0: the coin toss then because I would have been so that would have thrown my entire draft strategy out the window if I hadn't gotten the number one pick. Yeah today.
1: especially after watching the last game um, between Seattle and LAFC. Yeah he's under- the man was he was the the goal that Seattle scored I think in the first half. Yeah, Ladero had won the ball back at the right side uh, around the half half field. Yeah. Um, he won the ball back, chest it down to Rui Diaz. He makes a bombing run up the middle. Rui Diaz crosses it all the way across the field to Jordan Morris, and somehow Ladero was already at the front post. Yeah, uh, he run 54 yards, I think, a dead sprint and scored. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, th- this guy that is whole an game animal. he was just
0: popping up wherever Everywhere. he wanted to pop up, and it was. He's, He's an immense. incredible player. He's immense. Yeah. And
1: so, yeah, he, he was really good. Okay. Um.
0: Well, I'm glad I won the coin
1: toss then because I would have been
0: really yeah. upset. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I was a little bit bummed about it, but yeah. ultimately. I okay. Mean, yeah. So,
0: with Lodero off the board, uh, who did you take with the second
1: overall pick? Yeah. So, with the second overall pick, I took Christian Pavon from LA Galaxy. In retrospect, probably could have left him um, a little bit later in terms of Core teams just because LA Galaxy they have a good group of players, yeah. But in terms of superstars and different positions and stuff, I don't think that they're in like that top ten category uh, of yeah. different teams that I could probably prioritize uh, of different players. Yeah,
0: that was the strategy here, but because once some once someone got taken off a team, all his teammates were now off the board. Yeah, and so Christian Pavone at the LA Galaxy, like you've got Sebastian lejet uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. Like, you've got some players, but probably not players that are going to get picked over other players. So, yeah, I think I agree. Like, you probably could have, he would have probably stayed around unless I picked him.
1: Yeah. So. But he was one of those people that when I was coming up with this team, he was the first name on my list. Yeah. In terms of people who I really enjoyed watching and who I think could be a superstar. Yeah. He is 24 years old. He's from Argentina. He's a newcomer to the MLS. He's only here on loan from. Boca Juniors, I think. Yeah, he's from Boca. Uh, and um, he scored 10 goals in that time f- for a struggling LA Galaxy side. Yeah. And in the games that I watched, he was incredible. He was, He's so oh, yeah. fast. He just bombs up the wings. He's got the skills. He can dribble through defenders. He was easily the best player on the field in every game that I watched. And so I just fell in love with watching him as a player. And so that's why I really wanted him, um, to lead kind of my wing. So I'm doing a four, three, three. So he's going to be my left winger. Right. And you know, you got to have that number seven lockdown. You got to have like, you Mm -hmm. know, Cristiano Ronaldo as like a centerpiece of your team. He's my centerpiece, uh, of my team, even though I have a lot more probably notable MLS names. Um, in my lineup yeah so
0: okay i think that's a good pick but i think i agree with you i think you probably could have left them until the third fourth fifth pick yeah um but you know as you guys will see later with me playing that waiting game can be a little dangerous sometimes so with the third pick it came back around to me and i took walker zimmerman off the board center back nashville soccer club uh the defender of the year this past year for mls uh just incredible. He's actually been a full-time starter since 2016. Um, I feel like we feel like he's younger than he is, but he's yeah. actually 27 years old. So he's right in the middle of his prime right now, right? I mean, right at the beginning of his prime, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 is normally seen as the prime of a, a soccer player's career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you turn 30, it's it starts to kind of...
1: Yeah, center back, you last a little bit longer. Center back, probably because you longer. don't need that pace yeah. as much even though that is a big part of his yeah. game in terms of his recovery and driving forward. But yeah, he's exactly an incredible pick. He was my first center back that I wanted to get. Yeah. So yeah, he Matt wasn't happy when I, when I took him off the board. Um, the other good
0: thing though, with him being 27 is at this point in his career, he probably wants to stay in MLS throughout the rest of his career. Um, so he's not someone I have to worry about selling on at some point. He's someone I know is going to be part of my team the rest of the way. Um, and he's also a big goal scoring threat. He scored 13 goals since becoming a full-time starter in 2016. Four goals this year. Um, He was previously with LAFC, uh, so he was just he was FC Dallas to start his career. Got traded to LAFC for two years and was great with them. And then he's gone to Nashville this year and made Nashville a contender. And in yeah. Nashville Matt picked the underdog run almost
1: all the way right. Almost. You need them to win one more game. Um, and and they got, got let career. down and and double overtime. Yeah. Um,
0: so he he's definitely he made them a contender almost single handedly at times. Uh, both on the offensive end off corners and as a defender. So he was really kind of a no brainer. I felt like I needed an attacking centerpiece and a defending centerpiece with my first two picks. And I'm really happy with the two that I got.
1: Yeah. And I went along the opposite vein. I wanted to make sure that I had an attacking piece along with another attacking piece. (laughs) And so for, for my second pick, the fourth pick overall, I picked Joseph Martinez, from atlanta united i mean who else and yep. so the 27 year old venezuelan is a former mvp golden boot winner mls best 11 and goal of the year winner so he he's yeah. incredible he missed 2020 due to injury but he's now fully recovered uh if atlanta had made it into the playoffs he yeah. probably would have been able to make it back but he is an incredible striker returning 28 goals in 2019 and 35 goals in 2018 respectively
0: yeah yeah he's ridiculous
1: He he's absolutely incredible and he's got the flair he's a fox in the box he's my penalty taker yeah. and you know he can run down the channels he can drop into midfield drop into that number 10 role and you know distribute to the wingers and everything if um, if the center backs, if they're playing a high press or if there's a high block, he can drop into uh, midfield in order to get that connection into the into the attacking midst. Right. And so I thought he was just a solid pick. I mean, yeah. he, I know that I'm going to get goals out of him. I have good service around him. He's yeah, got I'm, the flair.
0: Pavone to Martinez is uh, a pretty... A pretty great one to yeah. punch to start your expansion yeah I draft feel like you don't with. really need to explain this yeah one <laughs> I feel like this one this one goes self-explained and I think with the next pick it's the same story I cannot believe that at number five overall Carlos Vela fell
1: to me yeah it was between it was between Martinez and Vela yeah and I'd because already you already had, had a winger solid winger and I yeah. didn't really I, I I like Vela and he's incredible yeah but I'm thinking of someone with Pavon, I can sell him on for big money because he's proven... Or or have him
0: become the face of your franchise if he he wants to stay in MLS. Yeah, so I think I had on my notes, right? I, I knew... That I wanted to take Lodero and Zimmerman first overall if they were available to me. And then I wanted to take um, either Vela or Pavone with my next pick. And it was just depending on who was available because I figured you would take one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of go with you. I would have picked Pavone over Vela. Um, That that almost feels like a sin. Yeah, Because like Vela's production in MLS, I mean... 34 goals in 31 games in 2019, averaging over a goal a game, and plus 15 assists. He also did 14 goals and 13 assists in 2018. It's just unbelievable. But the concern with him is that he's 31 and Pavone is 24, and so you're you know tr- starting to think like, okay, was Vela's peak this 34 goal in 31 games at 30 years old and now like I'm just always going to be chasing that production from him you know you've seen him with some injury problems this year and it just kind of remains to be seen whether that's an isolated problem and whether he can then go on to have a, a another three four years at a top level in his career or whether that's a sign of things to come with him so that makes me nervous but also you know, with, with, my, with my third overall pick I just felt like I had to the, it would be a sin not to take them. Yeah. there. So yeah, no, I, I would have I, picked them next yeah. as well. But I agree with you in like you sh- taking Pavone over Vela like with your first pick was was a smart decision. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's who I had. I don't think I need to qualify Carlos Vela any more than that.
1: Yeah. And so I think for my next pick. Yeah, you um, took.
0: Uh, yeah, you took Andre Blake.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I took Andre Blake of Philadelphia Union. Pretty much a no-brainer in terms of goalkeeping options. I did this more tactically. I didn't want to I didn't want any of their midfielders or their center backs. Yeah. Um and so I did a more of a tactical thing of where I can get, you know, a Golden Glove winner mm-hmm. of the 2020 season as well as, you know, block off a lot of potential moves for you. And so oh, yeah. furthermore that's just Cuz
0: for sure um Mark McKenzie for sure. Yeah. If he stuck around, I was definitely going to pick him up later in the draft as my second center back. Um, Brendan Aronson, Alejandro Bedoya, Ilsenio, if he's available like really late on, yeah. definitely take him. Um, Jose Martinez, their number six. I'm really high on him. I think he's an awesome player. So, yeah, there were a lot of players for Philly that um, I would have taken. So that's a, that was a smart move from you to shore up your goalkeeper position and take away a yeah. lot of options from me. So, um, very good Pick there. I went next uh, with the seventh overall pick. Uh, I went back to my midfield, and I went with a younger player this time. Yeah, with uh, Paxton Pomykal, the twenty-one, the twenty-year-old actually from FC Dallas, who is a uh, really flexible midfield player.
1: Yeah, I was surprised you went with him so early because yeah. he was on my list, but I was I was thinking that he would be towards like the latter half. Uh, like I know he's one of the best young players right. in MLS I didn't think that you would go for him as one of the best eights in the, in MLS that yeah. you would you would go for but I understand in terms of roster as well FC Dallas has got a lot of good positions but that, yeah. that also is kind of the obvious choice when you look at FC Dallas as a whole yeah
0: I mean my thing with that was i I wanted I wanted an eight and I had rated similarly like I wanted either Darlington Nagby. Or Paxton Palm and Call.
1: And I was surprised, uh, like, spoiler alert, Darlington Nagby wasn't chosen. Yeah. And so I was waiting for you to choose him him because um, because we we always rate how good Darlington Nagby is. I
0: love Nagby, but I just felt like especially having taken a 31 year old, a 27 year old, a 31 year old as an expansion team, I needed some building blocks that were young players that have sell on value or that will be around my club for yeah. a long time. And so I felt like past and call was a better choice there. And also he offers a little bit more, um, in some aspects of the game than Nagby does. He offers more of a defensive presence than Nagby mm-hmm. does. Um, Nagby just so clean on the ball. Like it, it hurt me to leave Nagby out there on the board, but I just really rate Paxton Pomico. Also my thought was taking um, Brian Reynolds and Ryan Hollingshead off the board at right and left back. Gotcha. Um, it, it ended up not working out later on in down in the draft. Cause we still kind of both picked up some really awesome outside backs. Yeah. Um, but that was my idea there. Cause I kind of, I had Reynolds and Hollingshead rated as you know green level top level outside back so i was trying to take them off the board from you uh from getting those but you ended up getting great because you went outside back earlier than i did <laughs> and uh, a yeah. lot earlier than i thought you were gonna go and it just kind of that strategy didn't end up working out but yeah so yeah. um to give you guys some background on paxton pomical if you don't know who that is or don't know what his production or what kind of player he is um he actually broke through last year in 2019 with two goals and five assists. Uh, he was still a teenager at that point. I think he started the season 18, turned 19, something like that. Uh, definitely 19 for the majority of the season. Uh, and he was a big piece of that Dallas team in 2019. We're about to watch Dallas-Seattle tonight in the playoffs. And last year, it's actually a rematch of last year's playoff match between Dallas and Seattle. And I remember watching it, and Paxton Pomacall did not look like a 19-year-old in that game. He... He actually put FC Dallas on his back and walked the length of the field with them. It was one of the most unbelievable performances I've ever seen from someone who was carrying a pretty significant foot injury at the time. And you could just see him just gritting through the pain. And uh, he nearly helped FC Dallas upset Seattle that year, which was just uh, such a big performance. Unfortunately, he got in, he tore his Achilles in the off season. And uh, so he's missed the entire season this year, which is maybe why some people don't know his name. But uh, as long as he comes back from that Achilles injury, okay, which is concerning for me, uh, because Achilles injuries are um, there's a lot of literature out there about how hard they are to come back from and all that kind of stuff. So I'm gambling on him kind of returning to to that level that he was at and not having injury problems anymore. Mm-hmm. So definitely a bit of a roll of the dice here for me, but I yeah. d- I really rate him, so I wanted him. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: he's a great he's a great choice, and yeah. and like I I think I mentioned uh, in a different episode that I did a uh, in order to uh, you know learn a lot more the players and, and MLS rosters oh, I, yeah. I created a FIFA account where yeah. I was playing for FC Dallas and yeah. I was playing as a I think as a 10 with Paul yeah. McCall and so I can attest to at least on <laughs> FIFA that he is absolute quality um, <laughs>
0: just, just kidding but there, there you go Paxton he, uh, Matt rates you on FIFA so yeah. that's y- your you're life welcome. is complete now you've, yeah, you've accomplished career goals <laughs> yeah
1: and so Next up, I believe I did, I chose Carl's Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you took heels. And so similarly, he he had an Achilles injury uh, at the beginning, right uh, of this season, or he had an ankle injury. He, he definitely
0: had an injury. I'm not sure if it was Achilles. I I believe I it was. Keep talking. I'll tell you. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> uh,
1: Carl's Hill is a 28 year old Spaniard who. Uh, it's taking very quickly to the MLS winning newcomer of the year and MLS best 11. He provides a level head uh, to the front line. So we got a lot of flair. We've got a lot of people that I'm afraid that will be hit or miss. Yeah. And so if they're having a bad game and they're off, you know, I feel like Carl's heel will be able to make those connections, at least put the ball where uh, it needs to be. Yep. And so... For for Carl's heel, you can see that with the game that New England just played at Orlando, Orlando worked fuming. So the first half, like Nani was getting fouled and just in the ref's ear and everyone's just going at the ref and flares and, and temperatures were really, really high. And there was a red card challenge in like yeah. a 66 minute with Pereira and every, all yeah. of the Orlando players were livid and trying to get at it with new England. Nani's
0: and, head was gone. Tejan Buchanan was like living rent free up here. And Nani's he's yeah. had the entire game. It was kind of, I mean, not he plays like that. He always plays on the edge like that. But he definitely went over the edge, and most yeah. of the Orlando team did. And I guess your point is Heal didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Heal was able to hone in all of the, uh, all the players and yeah. and really lead them to glory. And he's been scoring. He's been providing assist. And and luckily, he's a, a left footer that he can transition to any. So he used to play a winger yeah. uh, earlier in his career. So I think what I've tried to do with my forwards is create an interchangeable system to where if someone gets caught out of position, someone can just slot into the 10. So if, you know, Carl's heel or Christian Babon is caught out of position going forward, Joseph Martinez can drop into that 10, just provide that first level of defense with the center backs and holding midfield. So that's kind of where I was going with, with this pick. And also there are a lot of good players at new England that I wanted to kind of negate. In terms of yeah. striking options and def- defense with Pharrell and their goalkeeper. Um, yeah, you
0: kind of killed me there. I, I really I didn't think that you were going to uh, appreciate Carles Hill and Gustavo Bo uh, to the point where you were going to pick them. I thought you were maybe going to go with uh, Pozuelo instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of gambling on Matt Turner sitting around for a while. I still got a good goalkeeper later on, but I did really want Matt Turner because this past year Blake and Turner were the best two goalkeepers in the league. And yeah. we saw him save a penalty in that game that would have made it 2-2 and just you know comes up with huge performances. So I really wanted him, so I was a little pissed off that Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt took him off the board for me. Matt's obviously, as you see, been doing a good job of uh, – getting in my way this whole expansion draft and i've not been doing as good of a job on that to give you your uh your injury update there carlos heel underwent successful surgery to debride his left achilles tendon on august 4th okay um, which that debride just means to like remove like old scar tissue and stuff so obviously he's had some achilles issues in the past and he's got some built-up scar tissue that he removed and so that's why he kind of missed part of this season and i'm almost ashamed to admit that when I first made my like draft big board, I uh, had this big Excel spreadsheet that had players rated at either green, yellow, or red, which was like you know top tier, middle tier, lower tier for for me. I was ashamed to like go back to it because I made it about a month ago when we first had this episode idea, and I went back to it right before this episode, and I saw that Carlos Hill was a yellow tier player for <laughs> oh me, and I was God. like, that is that is an absolute travesty. Disgrace. He immediately got upgraded to green. So. Uh, because I just hadn't seen him play that much. And so seeing him in the playoffs, yeah. I now have an appreciation for how brilliant of a yeah. player he is. I watched
1: him when he was at Aston Villa. Okay. And I think it was like 2013 or 14 around that time. And I remember he played against Arsenal and, you know, whenever I would watch Aston Villa, which wouldn't be, you know, very super, <laughs> super frequent, but whenever I did, he was always one of those people that would come on and he was just a mainstay in, in that side. And yeah. he was, Pretty creative, just technically good and Spanish, and, you know, I thought that he was always decent, always rated him, and so when I found out that he was in MLS, I was like, oh, wow, uh, he's, he's yeah. a pretty quality player. Not one of those, like, stars that you would see for a Premier League side, but yeah. definitely a mainstay. Definitely like, a star in this league. Yes, 100%. exactly. hundred percent, definitely exactly.
0: Uh, one of the best three tens, I think you know, probably him, Lodero, and Pozuelo, probably the top three tens. I don't think there's much uh, argument yeah, about that. definitely. So then moving on from that with a ninth overall pick, I rounded out my midfield with Diego Chara, a number six defensive midfielder Absolutely gutted from Portland Timbers. So I did successfully get in Matt's way here because he really wanted Diego Chara. Um, obviously, I think you all are starting to see a theme with my midfield here. I've got Lodero, Pamekhal, and Shara who are all known as workhorse. high work rate workhorse type players um, so I think it's quite clear what I value in a midfielder, right? Nico Ladero's got the creativity and, and everything else, but I really appreciate that he's not a passenger defensively, and he's not a, a passenger in other facets of the game just to play that final pass. He loves getting involved in the rest of that, and I think that creates a really great team culture when these big stars of your team and the, the engine of your team really act as the engine of your team in all facets of the game. So quite clearly I value that because I went with Lodero, Pamicall and Chara yeah. who were like at their respective midfield positions, probably the true archetype of an engine number 10 an engine number eight and engine number six. So um, Diego Chara has been awesome. Again, a little bit of concern with age. He is 34 years old, but mm-hmm. I was doing my research and I was looking through and he's really never injured. He's played in at least 27 games every year since signing with Portland
1: in two thousand eleven. Yeah, I was about to say he's been in the MLS as long as I've been watching it. Yeah. And 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 so I he was one of those people that were the main midfielder that I want. Yeah. And I, I always rate because every game I watch, he's always sprinting around, kind of like the MLS version of Conte or something. Yeah, he and, really is. Yeah, that's the where, best, like, that is the best comparison i just heard. Floats, yeah. He just floats when he runs, and it's very yeah. effortless. And you never see him just panting or anything oh, like yeah. that. He always has like a calm face on it and just yeah. tackles. He'll make a dirty tackle when he needs to. And, and
0: a classic, classic shirt tucker. Yes. Great. Like he is a, a loyal, so. he is a loyal shirt Tucker and plays. <laughs> he plays like a loyal short shirt Tucker as well, <laughs> but he really is. He is a bit like N'Golo Kante. Um, he's almost synonymous with the Portland Timbers. Yeah. I mean, they signed him in their expansion year in 2011. Exactly. And he's appeared in at least 27 games and an MLS season's a little bit above 30 games. So like 32 to 35 games. I don't remember the exact number. So, He's really just misses games when he gets rested. So, that level of health throughout his career makes me feel a little bit better that at age 35 and age 36, I'm going to get two good seasons out of him. And then, you know, I'm going to have to start to look for replacements. Yeah. But I think he's a great, experienced player to you know maybe bring through an academy kid for me or bring through a younger player and you know when i have to rest him that's when i get this younger player minutes and i can phase someone in i think he's a good transition guy and a good leader to have around your team so yeah. i'm excited i was excited to pick him up but that age is a little bit of a concern yeah for me. i mean
1: i think the last point i'll make and we can move on is yeah. with with char he's been there his entire career and for portland when you replace him you can't replace him with a different type of player you he yeah. cemented himself into the archetype like you said yeah. of not only what a you know workhorse number 6 looks like but a number 6 in general at Portland, and then also in your side. Um, oh yeah, and so like we've
0: seen, we've seen Eric Williamson come through at Portland Timbers recently. who's a young American player, and just imagining getting to learn under Diego Chara is unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. with the next pick, the tenth overall pick, Matt took Aaron Long.
1: Yes, and so I took Aaron Long because I was like, oh crap, I don't have a center back yet. I have, I don't, I don't even have a, a defender yet. <laughs> I, was, I have was my the keeper. Point I
0: was looking at, I was like, is he going to like. Pick defenders? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I I really thought that you were going to pick. I thought you were going to do the same thing as I did. I thought you were going to do attacking piece and then a center back. And so I was really surprised to see center back just like not get picked for so long yeah. from you.
1: So uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about uh, like how to build a roster in MLS. And... Primarily, they like. I think they were talking about Bruce which Arena. Podcast, which um, podcast? I think it was the uh, extra time and um, yeah, with Daniel Weeby and um, Andrew Weeby, Andrew Weeby, and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember them. Yeah, their names. Th-
0: this is that's funny because like. Matt's a big total soccer show guy and yeah. I'm a big extra time radio kind of yeah. guy. So like Matt knows way more about total soccer. Show. I way, I know way more about extra yeah. time, but anyways, but that's it, completely beside the point. But the
1: point that they were making was that they, that new England, when Bruce arenas came in that they bought, like they spent the big money on, uh, on bow on heel yeah. yeah. and on their forward players making sure that you have that dynamic talent the people who can get butts and seats who can sell shirts and and everything and so that was kind of, and then you fill in the rest of your roster. Yeah. They have like the cheapest back line and oh, all of them. I mean, they've got,
0: they've got Andrew Farrell, who is a veteran been so long in this league. And they have uh, Henry Kessler who is a center back rookie. They drafted him out of university of Virginia. Yeah. Um, I saw him play, uh, uh, at the college cup in, um, that's right. That's up right. In so really weird to see. I mean, he stepped in from day one has been starting for them. So yeah. they've, definitely done what you've said they've got those bargain buys at the back and it's paid off for them
1: yeah exactly and so that was kind of the philosophy that i was trying to go for with this was take that risk more with my forwards and center mids. center mids was kind of more of like i I kind of forgot about my defense so i scrambled like oh gosh i gotta get a defense in and then filled in some of my uh other center mids but anyway so with aaron long he plays for New York Red Bulls. I think he's twenty six or twenty seven. Similar yeah. to Zimmerman along along yeah, he's that a similar along age that to Zimmerman.
0: I'll confirm his age.
1: He's here. been continually linked with a move to Europe his entire career uh, at Red Bulls. So he's known for his pace primarily. Twenty eight, by the way. Twenty eight. Okay, and so he is fast. Like he has got oh, l- so much incredible pace. recovery speed. And so knowing that I have some weakness going, you know. Forward, like not going forward but in defense because of who I have going forward yeah having long balls or anything because I have attacking outside backs which you'll see uh, yeah. later yeah you he didn't, can you he can you make didn't those exactly recovery. do
0: what I did right I went with like a really hard-working midfield that's gonna plug a lot of gaps and all this kind of stuff and you went with some more flair players than than I did. Yeah. And so you are going to need you are probably going to get a bit stretched. Yeah. Um, and that's why Aaron Long's so good for the Red Bulls because they press really high. Mm-hmm. So their backline's really high, but they can get away with it because Aaron Long and his partnership with Tim Parker yeah. um he's got so much pace that it doesn't matter if he has to run a winger down in the channel he's got incredible pace to do that. So yeah. it'll enable you to play higher up the field and get stretched at times and know that you've got ba- someone back there to deal with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of the the thought I was going for. He's a solid, I think he would be top five center backs in, in MLS right yeah. now. So
0: Helps that he's a homegrown too, so he counts as an American rather than an international slot, which is always a great thing. Yeah, even though so. we did
1: not fulfill those whatsoever. Oh, we didn't, yes. wor- we didn't worry about that here.
0: <laughs> that would have been way too much. I was struggling as it is <laughs> with this, that's for sure. <laughs> so Um, after he took Aaron long with a 10th overall pick, I went with the 11th overall pick and I was starting to get nervous about the lack of goalkeeper options on the board Yeah, uh, because you know teams were getting eliminated and that was like I started to panic a little bit so I went with a panic pick and I took Pedro Gaese as my goalkeeper out of Orlando which I was so
1: Orlando. upset about. I was so mad because I was going to go with my other center back um Antonio Carlos right. Yeah, I was right? going to go with Antonio Carlos because I've been like researching this and I've read so many articles and there's so many <laughs> Post about Antonio Carlos, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, let's go!" Like I got, I think I got someone who's and he's a little like a, bit he's under, like the under the radar. radar. Yeah. yeah, exactly, <laughs> newcomer.
0: But yeah, so I took Pedro Gallese, um to give you guys some background on Gallese. He is 30 years old and a Peruvian international. He's the starting goalkeeper for the Peru national team, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, he's a top keeper in the league entering his best years as a as a goalkeeper, right? Like once you kind of get to that 29, 30 years old, that 30 to 35 stretch for a goalkeeper is really their best years. Mm-hmm. It's very different from field players who are a bit more like 26 to 30, yeah. but because the goalkeeper position is, is less physical, less endurance based and less likely to get injuries and more about experience and reading the game, their best years come at that point. So I'm really excited to have him for half a decade or more as my starting goalkeeper, right? He's not, At the level of Andre Blake or or Matt Turner, at least this year. Yeah. And we need to see a bigger sample size from him because Orlando bought him in January. Yeah. So he's only been here for this one COVID-impacted year, and we've only seen him play 20 games. And we've seen him win games, and we saw them struggle a little bit without him in their playoff game after that crazy game where he got red-carded for stepping off the line for the second yellow, just... That was, that was insane, and probably we could do an entire episode just on that one penalty <laughs> shootout, not even just that game. Yeah, um, honestly. But I'm pretty excited about getting Gaiese because I think he is in that second tier of MLS keepers that are game winners, match winners, can take you deep in playoffs. Um, maybe not a Golden Glove winner, but can definitely win you an MLS Cup. So I was happy about getting uh, Gaiese here.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a, a good pick, and more so a good pick because it negated a couple of the picks that i was going to do moving forward with orlando in terms of having options so good on you for that (laughs) but um but yeah so next up i believe i took let's see yeah you um, took uh you took your right back yeah yeah yeah. anton uh tennerholm i i Definitely yep. butchered that. No, no, but. you
0: actually got it right. Anton Tenderholm, yeah. I'll take that, I'll take that.
1: Uh, he's a Swedish uh, footballer or soccer player, whatever you want to say. Um, footballer just sounds so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, it than does. a Soccer
0: player, like... I don't know. There's just something about, like, I'm a professional footballer. Yes. It's like, I'm a professional soccer player. Like, it just yeah. doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So, we'll
1: say footballer um, moving forward now. We have that established. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. so, on. he's a Swedish footballer who played at Malmo and, yep. you know, made famous by Zlatan Ibrahimovic because I'm an ignorant football fan. <laughs> and, uh, but, anyways, he plays for NYC FC and... When it came to my outside backs, my preparation for it, I just typed in top five out, uh, outside backs in MLS <laughs> and looked through all the players. And then I looked at top, uh, top 10 outside backs in MLS FIFA 21 <laughs> and then just sorted and sifted through all these players. I, and love, then, the, I love the
0: FIFA theme we have running through this Dude, for you. <laughs>
1: honestly, that's how, like, if you ask me any of the players in, like, the top five leagues in Europe, I can name most players on every team because yeah. of FIFA. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible for, <laughs> for me to get to learn the names and, and stuff. I might not have any idea of what the player is like in yeah. terms of real life and production, but I at least know, generally speaking, information about them. Right. Um, and so that's pretty much all I know about Anton Tenerholm. <laughs> he's good attacking he's, forward. He,
0: he's, he's 100% the, probably the best two-way fullback in the exactly. league. Um, you have seen a lot of like really attacking fullbacks that struggle defensively. Um, but he is not one of those. He is really, really, really good on both ends of the field. So I was pretty bummed to see that you've done your research because outside
1: backs can be a little obscure. Exactly. So because I follow him like a You can't unless- look at statistics and, and look at, okay, what's their goal production? Yeah, yeah exactly. And like clean sheets. Cause it's so strewed Like you can, he had four goals this season. And so it's like, okay, that's a decent return for an outside back. But, relative to other options you know with yeah. this crazy of a season it's it was hard for me to yeah. judge
0: and since I follow MLS I was really hoping that you weren't going to like know the good yeah I thought I was yeah. hoping you would just know the big name outside back so that I could sneak in with like Tanner or whatever but as soon as you picked Tanner I was like dang he's done his outside back research yeah I exactly 30 minutes like 30 minutes
1: <laughs> to an hour just looking up different outside backs yeah. and so luckily Luckily, it paid off um, uh, for me. Yeah. So,
0: so as soon as he picked Anton Tenderholm and I realized he'd done his outside back research, I quickly panicked and I was <laughs> yes. like, "Well, then he knows like all the good outside backs, so I need to take my outside back." So, I took with the 13th overall pick. I took uh, Roman Metinier mm-hmm. from the uh, from Minnesota. And he, along with Tenderholm, are generally considered the best two right backs yep. in the league. They're kind of in a tier of their own than everyone else. Those were my
1: two, and I had a uh, a different player from Minnesota that I was still wanted. Ico Parra. Yes, I wanted Ico Parra because yeah. I you had already screwed up my Orlando City uh, <laughs> center back option, yeah. and then you went for yeah. uh, Minnesota. That, United. So it was a
0: double. I saw that Ico Parra was still available with with Met near here, and I was like, okay, I don't need center backs, but um, I, I mean, because I have another one that I wanted. Pick. So I'm going to go ahead and take my right back here because I know Matt is probably going to take Igopar and knowing that Mettonier is a good right. Like this got really meta. This yeah. got really like strategic here at the end, trying to like block each other off. So I panic, I panic picked again yep. Roman Mettonier here. Um, Which which
1: turned out to be pretty good.
0: Which turned out pretty good. And so this was the middle of a giant run on outside backs. Because Matt then followed it up with Milton Valenzuela, the left back from the Columbus crew at 14 overall.
1: Yes. And one of my primary reasons for that is because Columbus crew are stacked. And so I was like, all right, this this position kind of screws up anything in Will's midfield if he needs to solidify. Because I should have been tracking probably in retrospect. Yeah, because I already have my what, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, he, he might <laughs> want Darling Tignagby because he's still available and whatever. Yeah. And so um, I should have tracked that. I um, mean, you
0: can't go wrong. Valenzuela is generally considered to be, when healthy, the best left back in the league. His, yeah. his future is not in this league. Yeah, no. Because he's a young player. Yeah, as he's well.
1: 22 years old, left-footed, which is really important. So I have two left-footed. Um, I have a winger, propone left-foot, yeah. and then they're both they got that Argentina connection. Oh yeah, and they probably came up in the same uh, <laughs> like youth system within the national team and everything. And, uh, and yeah, and so Valenzuela is really, really solid. I know that I've heard his name in a lot of MLS podcasts. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, I know that name. Yeah. I think he's good. Uh, Columbus is considered to have the best defense in yeah. the in the league, and so I, I figured that he would be solid.
0: Yeah, uh, so a really solid pick. I was disappointed to see him go. So at this point, I felt like I needed to pick up my uh, second center back while some uh, of my kind of yellow tier center backs were still on the board. So I went with uh, Lalas Abubakar. I looked up that pronunciation too to make sure I had it right. So Lalas Abubakar, he is a center back for the Colorado Rapids. You will know him from his just, I don't even know how to describe his dreads, but they, you know, how m- most of the time, like dreads just like flow down someone's yeah. back. His dreads just like, live as a jungle on top of his head.
1: Yeah, more more like if you think of a bird's nest, think more along like an eagle's nest yes. or something in terms of the sheer size <laughs> of it. Not like a little bluebird nest or anything like that. No, like an actual forest on top of his head. Yeah. It, it just, it's insane. It looks like he has a it looks like he took a blanket, like a throw blanket. <laughs> And somehow attach it to <laughs> <some> of it. <laughs> And I'm not slating his haircut because it's incredible. If I could do that, <laughs> it's so that would cool. be incredible. I'm not going to have much hair on top of my head for like in 10 years' time. So fair play to him. I just, it's just incredible. I don't, it would, sl- I, it has to weigh at least double digits. I just,
0: like, I, I have questions, right? Like when he goes to head the ball, like if he misses his forehead and it like hits his, does it like stop? Does it like stop it or does it, is it, does it go through? Like, when he tries to flick a ball on, like, does it, it's how pretty, does he it's pretty
1: thick hair too so like i just i have so many questions about what's his hair regimen how does he wash it I have does so many it take questions. days to dry or does he use uh, a hair dryer it's yeah. so how many what horsepower <laughs> hair dryer because i don't know if anything's like a revlon is going to be able gosh. to power through it but so okay that's <laughs> that's, that's
0: enough about that's enough about abu bakar's hair
1: you, and, and to be fair you once again had me in panic mode because he was the next yeah he was the only one on my list that so, I had left,
0: and I yeah, so I knew that I knew you need another center back, and I also knew you needed a number eight, and I know how much you rate Kellen Acosta. He was also it was yeah. uh, that's
1: what I was leaving those two positions yeah. left, and I was deciding between Kellen Acosta and Abubakar, and, and you so, just took too long yeah exactly yeah. and and so um
0: yeah i was so i, I took this off the board because i mean i he's taught because you had a big complaint after the rapids game where kellen acosta played left back yeah and you just had a whole rant about like it just didn't make any sense uh, I, I didn't watch yeah. that game so i can't speak he's on a workhorse it, but, like
1: i love watching him play like yeah. he, he's you know decent technically and he can be pretty creative but in terms of just like sheer box-to-box midfielder like he's kind of the american standard within mls yeah. and so i i really rate him and then him getting thrown at left back and yeah. having to play like a flying wing back it is it, it was just weird for me to yeah. watch but and anyways. obviously he
0: lost the game and didn't play well so it didn't pay off but yeah. to give you guys some quick background on abu Bakr, he's just a rock solid center back for colorado um for the last two years he broke through at the columbus crew Four years ago, and then fell out of favor three years ago, and then they transferred him to Colorado. And since then, he's been a starter for them and just been really, really rock solid. And I already have my star center back in Walker Zimmerman, and I think Bakr can you know, up a level when he's playing next to someone like Zimmerman. So, really excited for someone just as rock solid as as Abubakar is. So,
1: yeah, no, and he's very feisty too, yeah. and so he's he's not going to shy away yeah. from a big tackle. So
0: this next pick is where I messed up and I got really disappointed. So with the 16th overall pick, Matt finally got around to addressing his midfield, (laughs) which was so (laughs) weird to me because I addressed my midfield within the top 10. But Matt took Gianluca Busio, the young player um, who's actually from Greensboro, North yeah. Carolina, yeah, yeah. and I'll let you talk about him.
1: Yeah. So, first line I have written about him is North Carolina represent. <laughs> so, uh, Gianluca Busio, he's what, 19? Yeah. yeah, I think so. He's still a teenager, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll well, go to well, Google. Yeah, well, well, Will, will continues to, to look that up. He's a uh, promising up and comer. He has good, solid. Sporting technical, Kansas City, yeah. by the way, I didn't. Yeah, sporting, mention it. yeah, sporting KC. So um, he he got recruited by the scouts, since there weren't any teams in the Carolinas or anything. So it was yeah. a f- one of those free markets uh, where where teams could uh, take a talent pool. And so grew up in, I think, at thirteen or something, he moved out there yeah, and that's pretty been early. in the in the um, Sporting KC Academy for for a while. Broke through as a young teenager. Uh, he's kind of a mix of a six and an eight. I think early
0: on, he played as a 10 and as a winger. Yeah. And as he's broken into the team more and more, he started to move further back. And at times, because they had some injuries, they were playing him as a six this year. I'm not sure if that's really his position. I think he's probably going to end up being kind of an eight. But
1: yeah, he's too technical to to be a six like through and through. Like he scored a a great goal and, and stoppage time for Kansas City.
0: He's 18 years old, by the way. And so he still has some developing to do physically. So that'll be... But right now, at, in his 18-year-old body, if you've seen Gianluca Busio, he doesn't scream like hard tackling number six. No. So great as number six when you're dominating the game and dominating possession and that kind of stuff. But if you're up against it and he's having to tackle a lot, I'm not sure that he's a six. But I yeah. think he's a great pick as your eight. Yeah, and This so, late in the draft, especially. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was surprised that Kansas City had any spots remaining. Yeah, and that was
0: intentional from me, as you're going to learn the next pick.
1: Yeah, and, and so... Ultimately with Busio, so I'm doing a four three three, but with two holding midfielders and so kind of like a four two three one, but yeah. with wingers instead of outside midfielders. Right. And so with Busio, he has a license to get forward, but also is has that defensive capability that he's yeah. had to have with Kansas City this year to be that double pivot um and cover for an outside back that's been up forward. Yeah. Or take the ball forward and connect with the for like, with the amazing wingers and a talent I have going, yeah, up, going yeah, up front. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so as soon as Matt picked this, I was crushed. <laughs> because I my draft strategy to this point had just been going to a T. Everything was going amazing. And my str- I, obviously, if you, as you guys have heard, I have not picked a number nine yet. And my plan was to go with either Yosef Martinez or Alan Polito. Alan Polito's the number nine for Sporting Kansas City. Class. Weirdly, Sporting Kansas City and Atlanta United, while they're big names in MLS, this year don't really have a lot of names that were popping off the page to me in terms of this expansion draft. Yeah. And so I felt like, I was like, okay, my strategy was I'm going to let the nine sit because I feel like, Yosef and Polito won't be taken off the board. Matt will probably pick one or the other, and the other one will sit around. I can take them late and get other players. Uh, so it was going great. It was working exactly as I'd planned, and I waited one pick too long. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm just still upset about it. Okay, so I, I should have had Alan Polito. Anyways, obviously, Alan Polito was off the board because he took Busio the pick before. So at 17 overall, I pivoted and went with Io Akinola, the young center forward. For Toronto FC, he this year was his breakout year. Nine goals in 15 games with Josie Outdoor injured for most of the year. Um, weirdly, kind of really reminds you of Josie Outdoor. Yeah, really um,
1: stocky, really
0: stocky, strong, sneaky pace in behind. Um, he is a dual uh, national, so he can play for either the either Canada or the U.S. national team. Uh, he grew up in the U.S. youth national team structure, so it looks likely that he'll be with the full national team. Um, will be really interesting to see. He's in the December roster, right? Yeah, Um, I believe so. So it'll be really interesting to see him and DK both had their—Daryl DK from Orlando both had their breakthrough years. So um, he could be a future number nine for the U.S. national team. We'll see how his career goes. But um, with Polito off the board, I felt like I could take a nine with the talent that I have around with Lodero, with Carlos Vela, with Paxton Pomacall he doesn't need to create his own goals. Yeah, He's going to have guys around him that are going to create those opportunities. I just need someone in the box that is going to be selfless with his runs and be a clean finisher inside the box. And I feel like Akinola can do that for me and Akinola is going to be either around for a long time or have some great sell on value for me. So while I didn't get Polito, who would have been the big name and the big star in the prime of his career, Akinola is a a good consolation prize. Yeah, definitely. And and Andy, just, yeah, and he blocked Pozuelo.
1: Yes, exactly. And so that, that was frustrating for me. But I just want to give the listeners an update. So Will texted me in the middle of the night. I think it was it was at one in the morning or something. Yeah. He texted me, hey Matt, I have this great idea. We're gonna do an expansion draft. <laughs> and I got so carried away. And he sent me a picture that he had like a spreadsheet, and he's like, I've been working on this for hours, and I just couldn't help myself. And I was and I, I was like what excuse me (laughs) and so obviously he's put probably quadruple maybe like 10 times more uh, time invested into strategizing creating a color chart i just went through and like (laughs) put like 10 different names for each position and like the associating team and it was like figure it out because I didn't <laughs> want to invest too much into this because I knew that my strategy was going to get screwed up. And so yeah. then I'd have to make it up on the fly. So I figured just do it the whole time, yeah. just making it up. I on had the fly. two
0: side-by-side documents. I had a word document with my strategy and I had a color coded Excel spreadsheet with every team in a line so that I could eliminate them as they were eliminated in the draft and they were tiered in their positions. And it was, it was a whole thing. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and so You got to understand the competition that I am up against here, (laughs) and I am not like formerly of you know knowing or following MLS like Will is, and so I was always at a disadvantage. But that doesn't mean that I didn't build a better team than Will because I definitely did. I definitely have a better team. Anyways, moving forward,
0: come on, all right. You're really gonna you're really gonna start with that, and then you're gonna have to tell your pick for your number six.
1: I mean, he's solid. Sure. Who is it? For my number six, I picked Victor Winyama of Montreal Impact. Would have been a great pick four years ago. I mean, he wouldn't have been an available pick four years ago. So, you know, you you take your wins and losses. So, formerly of Tottenham, which I will forgive him for being a diehard Arsenal fan, which I am wearing an Arsenal t shirt. I have an Arsenal water mug that um, I I guess is, oh, it's over on the counter. Yeah. Um, But, anyways, I'm repping them, even though we lost 2 1 to. Um, wolves at the weekend and, yeah. and today we are drinking a uh, wait, what are we drinking? Medellos, Medellos a, yeah. in honor of Raul Jimenez. On a really note. serious
0: note, I hope Raul Jimenez is okay. Uh, he had a pretty vicious clash of heads with David Luiz in the game and um, ended up having a skull fracture and so he's in the hospital now and there's very little information available about kind of his, his condition and and how he is so um we really rate Ra- Raul Jimenez we love watching him play um yeah. he's even, been incredible incredible even, even if he is on the seasons. wrong side of the Mexico-U.S. rivalry for for us personally <laughs> unfortunately um we really hope he can kind of get back so uh, we went with the Modelos tonight to, yeah. uh, as our way to mm-hmm. our, our unique way to honor Raul Jimenez and, and wish him well <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um but anyway it's back to uh, my pick with Victor Wanyama so if you, of my uh, currently of Montreal, yeah, Montreal impact. impact. And yeah. so he's from Zimbabwe, I believe. And if you just look at a picture of the man, if you're listening to this, look up on Google, <laughs> a picture of Victor Wanyama. The man is a mountain. He looks like he should be a linebacker or defensive tackle for an NFL team just because he is so stocky he fills out like it, it seems like whenever he's running that he's going to tear his jersey <laughs> or his shorts he's a big dude and so he's kenyan by the way oh uh, kenyan sorry yeah, i just wanted um, to get that right but no big deal but yeah, going, yeah. um and so he's just going to be my destroyer kind of sitting in front of my you know two center backs i don't have mm-hmm. him going forward carrying the ball whatsoever yeah. he, he did score a screamer against liverpool um i think a two three yeah. years ago and so he's got some capability of you know long, the occasional long shot right. and aerial threat but just good in terms of especially against Io Akinola, yeah. he'd bully the crap out of him. it would be a fun <laughs> it'd be a fun matchup to to watch um on uh, one on one so, yeah, yeah that I, was kind of like a rush pick. I, like, I, 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 I mean,
0: I, I kind of take back my comment I just made a minute, minute ago. I looked up Victor Wanyama to figure out that he's Kenyan, and he's actually 29 years old.
1: Yeah, he's no. not He's not, uh, He's not. not in the latter half of his yeah, career. He's he was a a at, lot like, Anderlecht, and then he went to yeah. um, Southampton, and then he went to Spurs. Yeah, so I and knew now that, Montreal. Yeah, and now Montreal. So I knew that he's still in, like, physical prime of his career, just didn't have the technical capabilities and stuff yeah. to, to be at. Tottenham's level,
0: yeah. So that um, that was an interesting find for me that I literally just found now. So okay, I have a little bit more respect for that pick given that he's 29 years old. Um, I'm yeah. Uh, I he's still not just, like
1: one of those convincing players, yeah. but he he's a solid, he's a solid uh, player. role player to fill in the roster for sure.
0: He's not Diego Chara. <laughs> He's younger.
1: Yeah, he's younger. He's not as mobile, maybe, but uh, definitely Definitely a good player. I think they're comparable. And a
0: lot of experience, a lot of European experience is going to be good for uh, Gianluca Busio. Uh, You know, really good guy to mentor him, right? Um, All right, so next up uh, at number 19, this is my second to last pick. I had to fill my left back slot, so I took Nick Lima, uh, a 26-year-old left and right back for San Jose Earthquakes. Um, He's got some U.S. caps uh, that came pretty recently. He's just a rock. He's dependable. Um, I kind of see him. I really like Cesar Asper of Chelsea. Uh, I kind of see Nick Lima as the MLS version of Asper Liqueta. Just um, solid, reliable. Yeah, that's the kind of player I was as a player as well. So I always like those kinds of players. So um, Nick Lima was always part of my strategy if I had
1: to get a left back late. And if you did your outside back research, which you clearly did. He was and, my number three. And it, okay. that was that was if uh, Valenzuela yeah. had already gotten picked. And yeah. someone, uh, else. I, someone else, I can't remember. I, mean, I, I deleted I, all probably my... Probably Hollingshead. But, um, yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: so I I knew I could let him sit around though because I knew no one else from the earthquakes was going to get picked in this draft, so I knew I could let him sit. He late. Was, yeah, he was my so, only
1: uh, pick from the earthquakes. Yeah. So.
0: so um, I was really tempted to take Chris Wondolowski. I'm not going to lie, like I like saw I that. Really, I like when I had when Alan Polito got taken, it was Iowa Canola, and I was looking at Chris Wondolowski and like just for the banter, I yeah. wanted to take him, but I also wanted to be able to actually defend my team, so I didn't. But oh, Wando, if you were three years younger, I would have taken you. So, Nick Lima is also really versatile. In the right and left side, yeah. Uh, and he's going to stay home a little more, so he's going to give Metinere that freedom to get forward. So, I'm um, really happy with that pick. And then you yeah. had to fill your center back slot, yep.
1: And so, I went with Gonzalez Perez with Miami. So, he's MLS proven. He was at Atlanta United where he was very, very solid this year. Struggled Miami being an expansion team, just really not finding their identity moving forward yeah. or even you know defensively. And so I think that that was more of a system problem rather than an individual problem. He's he's a solid center back. Yeah, you know he's not you know going to scream out and be like oh yeah he's going to be a defender of the year, but he is very very highly rated. He's pretty aggressive. He's from Argentina. I think he's oh how old is he? He's like 26 or I, I can't remember. I'm not I'm not going to say uh, <laughs> how. I'm not even going to try. Actually wait I have it. He's 28. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 28 from uh, Buenos Aires and... So he's a solid, uh, solid center, center back. back. He was what was available. Just
0: got to hope that his last two club stops aren't indicative of the future and they're just bumps in the road for his career. Um, and that's why he fell this far, I think. I think if we'd done this draft in 2018, Gonzalez yes. Perez would definitely be one of the first center backs off the board, which it's interesting to see how players' careers evolve as we go. Yeah. Um, so he, with, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so what Will was talking about there was he was at Atlanta United. He was really taking off there. And then moved to, like, things kind of teetered off with Atlanta United, some head coaching problems. Yeah. And and so then he got sent to uh, Tijuana in Mexico yep and was there for only four or five months. Yeah, really short. And got sold back to Inter-Miami. So it's been a little bit of instability in the last year yeah. or two. And,
0: and Miami has not been good defensively and he's not been great this year. and. Yeah, so, so there, there's question yeah. marks around him, but we've seen him play at a high level for Atlanta, so hopefully he can return to that for your team mm-hmm. there. Um, with my final pick, I had a winger slot to fill. Um, I was going with a 4-3-3, just like Matt. And so I went with Paul Ariola of DC United, um, American, uh, Young, 25 years old, plenty of years ahead of him and is just entering his prime. He's fresh off an ACL tier. Uh, He tore his ACL earlier this year before uh, MLS's back tournament. So before the pandemic, like when we had one or two MLS games at the beginning of the season. Um, But he's back now. He he returned at the end of the season and was looking good again. Uh, The guy's got an engine, just an unbelievable engine. And really, I wanted a winger that won't mind playing off the ball as much. I, I didn't. I didn't need a winger that needs the ball and needs to float around. Right. Because I've already got Carlos Vela and Nico Lodero that I'm going to give the freedom to float around and pick up pockets. So I needed a winger that was going to do his job defensively, stay in his lane and, and just really like deliver great crosses and not need to float around to find the game. I I felt like that balanced my team pretty well. And um, 2018, he scored seven goals, had eight assists, 2019 six goals, two assists. And then he towards ACL and now he's back. So um, plenty of good years ahead of Paul as you can see, I love a player that's got a good engine and a good work rate. Uh, He's aggressive so. too. Oh, I yeah. lo- like, uh,
1: whenever he plays for the U.S. national team, I love watching him because he is like a gnat. Yeah, it's everywhere, all over the defenders. I think against Mexico or whatever, he was trying to pick a fight with every single player, along yeah. with Matt Miazga.
0: I think I think I watched I watched Paul Areola in like the twenty fifteen U twenty World Cup. Yeah, twenty fifteen he would have been U twenty. So twenty fifteen U twenty World Cup, it was a New Zealand. And so I was waking up at like 3 a.m. to watch oh, games. Oh, that's right. And yeah. I remember watching Paul Ariola as like a 19, 20-year-old play in that. And, he, you know, just as short as he is now, just buzzing around just like he is now at 25 years old. So I've, I've watched Paul Ariola's career for a long time, and I'm excited to have him on my expansion team. And that brings us to the final pick of the inaugural what the FC expansion draft and Matt
1: took. I took Darwin Quintero from Houston Dynamo. After a few hiccups. Yes, after a few <laughs> hiccups because I was like, wait, what teams are even available to select from? Because because uh, Ariola was my pick okay. that I had remaining for, for right wing. And so I had to kind of do like a, a little last minute (laughs) research and just look at different forwards of the different teams that were available and ended up with Darwin Quintero, which I was actually really happy with. And um, he's a Colombian international, typically a striker, but uh, he can play in any position along the front three, which is nice. And he scored seven goals in 22 games this season, which is solid. Good for a winger. Yeah. And um, he was the man at Houston. Um, Exactly. Struggled a
0: little bit at Minnesota. His career is kind of up and down. He's, a little bit of an inconsistent player, but if you can get the best out of him, he's he's not that great. he's
1: not gonna be the center of my team as well. Yeah, exactly. And so at Minnesota he was kind of supposed to be that guy. And yeah. at Houston he's kind of that guy. Yeah. But we don't really need him. We need him to just like provide moments, not yeah, stretches. Yeah. And so he's very fast and so he can stretch teams vertically, which I guess with Papon on the other side gives that option as well. So yeah. if we're in pressure we can counterattack really really quickly and move uh in transition and he's really good at dribbling and he can get himself out of trouble yeah. and make some opportunities when he's a good it, pick uh, yeah exactly.
0: my, my pick came down between Ariola and Quintero and i went with ariola because i felt like um he'd be a better cog yeah. in the machine you know yes um i can't let you get away with it though are we going to talk about how you picked a player that plays in portugal um, no. <laughs> well, I I, I did
1: my, I did my research and I like I typed every single player to make sure that they were still in MLS and I I forgot who I picked but um, Albert Elise you picked yes, Albert Lee's uh, yeah and because he I think he was also a Houston he was also yeah. Houston yeah and so I was like okay perfect I think it was one of the outdated top wingers oh, yeah, in yeah, MLS yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. articles that I read and so. Um, and I made sure to type in every single player on yeah. that list uh, name and just to make sure that it was updated. And so that must've just kind of gone through. Yeah. You uh, should,
0: you, you guys should have seen how crushed Matt was when I was like, wait, I was like A- at least place for Boa Vista in Portugal. And he was like, no, really? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh
1: yeah, Will, Will's going to think that I'm screwed. I don't have any teams left. And I was like, I have this name yeah. on my list right here. I'm not going to have to do any work. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I got I got Elise.
0: You still got Darwin Quintero though, which is kind of a, I would say Albert Elise is a tier above him, but Quintero's still a very, very good player. So yeah. you still, I just couldn't let you get away with it before we wrap up here and, and kind of go back through our whole team. All right. So Matt, give me your whole starting lineup and your kind of defense behind it. And as you go, as you go through your defense of your team, also tell me the coach you drafted.
1: Okay. Yeah. So starting in back, I got Andre Blake, solid brick wall as philadelphia union keep on posting on their social media <laughs> and golden glove winner so it's solid don't have to worry about him then i have at right back anton tennerholm so a good like we said yeah going forward good going back i'm not really going to rely on him to make too many overlapping runs i have really dynamic forwards to do that but he can join the attack when it, when he sees fit yeah, Aaron Long and Gonzalez Pires in the middle, holding Solid down center back um, partnership. partnership. So got one a little bit more paced and then one a little bit more dynamic in terms of being aggressive, making yeah. those uh, lunging tackles. To his left, I have Milton Valenzuela. So we got that Spanish connection between Gonzalez Pires at left center back and Milton um, Valenzuela. Yep. for a crew and so just being a a solid overlapping good yep. attacking uh, option going forward in front of them in a double pivot and uh, which means that when one is you know pressing the ball the other ones kind of dropping into space and yeah. covering the center backs both can do a shift doing defensive work it's ultimately what that means and so i have at uh, my eight Gianluca busio so making giving him a little bit more license to go forward yeah. of kansas city victor Wanyama of montreal impact and then at the 10 in front of them connecting the midfield with my forwards i have uh, Carlos heel yeah. of new england and then to his left i have christian babon the left-footed argentine from la galaxy Then to his right, Darwin Quintero of Houston Dynamo, uh, the the Colombian winger and striker. And then at number nine, I have Joseph Martinez of Atlanta United. Yep. And he's just going to bang in goals whenever. And so with my forwards, that was the only thing I really, really, really thoughtfully uh, considered was having people (laughs) other than Darwin Quintero. I got lucky with that one. Um, Having people that can cover for one another similar to what Liverpool are doing now with their front four of Salah, Firmino, Mane and um, the Portuguese guy. Jota. uh, Yeah, Jota. Yeah. um, Where they all can transition into whatever position position, and so that they can press and kind of do like a circular rotation where wherever the ball is. And so that's kind of what I was thinking, but more so going forward in terms of it's not really relying on one player too much. You're gonna mm-hmm. have a lot of creativity, a lot of clinical finisher, finishers, and a good leader in the middle of Carlos heel to yep. keep them all level-headed.
0: All right, and who do you have coaching that team? And we, so, we decided at yeah. the last minute that we draft coaches. So since I went first, Matt got to choose his coach first. Yeah.
1: So my head coach is my my favorite head coach in MLS <laughs> right now is Luchi Gonzalez of FC Dallas. There was a video that we reposted on our Instagram, and yeah. he was that was a halftime talk where he was motivating his players and yelling at them and say we're still in this game, and he was giving a very motivational speech. But every line that he was saying in English he would translate in Spanish for himself. Yeah. And I respect that so much. And I think that that embodies what MLS is and being diverse and what America is and having not a single dominant, you know, English is a dominant language, but we don't have an official language. Yeah. And so that's the embodiment of that. And especially with the huge Latin American population that that we have, and, as, and especially in my team, like yeah. six of the 11 players are Spanish speaking players. Your whole front four Spanish speaking. Exactly. And so he can talk with them and, and he's a good tactician relatively. Uh, he's you know yeah. still making like proving his or solidifying his reputation as a tactician yeah. within MLS. But we'll a see great tonight. Man. Yeah, we'll see tonight. But he's a great man manager nevertheless.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, all right, let's give my run through of my team um, as we start to get up in the time here. So I've got, in goal, Pedro Gallese. The Peruvian International, pretty excited about having a really solid goalkeeper. Uh, my center back pairing is Walker Zimmerman, uh, the defender of the year. Uh, really great on both ends of the field. He's going to be a great set piece attacker as well as a centerpiece of my defense. And he's partnered by Lalas Abu Bakar of the Rapids. My outside backs are Roman Metnir of Minnesota United. Uh, he's 30 years old. He's going to be a great two-way right back for me. And then my left back is 26-year-old Nick Lima, Um, He's going to be really, really dependable. I'm excited about having him. My midfield is really what I built this team around. Um, I think three of my top five picks were my midfielders. Uh, So my number six is Diego Chara. My number eight is Paxton Pomichol. And my number 10 is Nico Lodero. And... All three of those guys do their job as both a six, which is a defensive midfielder. So primarily ball winning, shielding my back four. Number Mm -hmm. eight is a two-way player like Matt was talking about earlier. Can defend and tuck in if he needs to and can join the attack. And a number 10 is my string puller. He can float around, pick up whatever pockets he wants to, score goals, get assists. That's Nico Ladero and Paxton Palma calls that eight, and Diego Charles that six. All of them do that stuff really well, but the thing all of them have in common is they're just absolute engines, and they're going to have awesome defensive work rate and going to lead by example and set the tone of what I want my locker room culture to be. So I was really excited to pick up all three of those guys. Um, Nico Ladero is definitely going to wear the armband for me. He's going to be my captain. Then on one wing, I've got Carlos Vela. Still stunned I have him on my team. Yeah. And then Paul Ariola on the other side. Uh, so Carlos Vela and Nico Ladero are going to be given freedom to just pop up in whatever pockets they want to. Uh, and then Iowa Canola is going to be my goal scorer up top, really hoping for him to develop. And the coach of this very hardworking, um, engine-based team is going to be Brian Schmetzer. I feel like he really embodies that um, as a head coach. And uh, he, since taking over from Siggy Schmid, has been incredible in the playoffs and Hey, once again, we'll see tonight. I didn't even realize we picked Seattle Dallas coaches and we're about to watch Seattle Dallas in the playoffs. Um, but Brian Schmetzer's playoff record is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could argue that that's because he has Nico Ladero, but I also have Nico Ladero on my team, so yes. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so i um, really excited, and he deserves a contract extension from the Seattle Sounders, by yeah. the way. They're kind of going through stuff, so they need, pay him whatever he wants. He's incredible. So that's why I'm coaching my team, and that is the run-through of Matt Nye's 2020 What the FC expansion draft teams. So... I don't even know what to say anymore, right? That, yeah, I mean, that wraps I, it up. I, I, mean, I, I think-
1: enjoyed it. I, I learned a lot of different players in different positions, which was which was fantastic. And hopefully, people who stuck around to listen to this much have also got to learn at least some names and and maybe who they should be looking out yeah looking out for. Um, and so uh, I think it was just some fun that we could enjoy.
0: I had a blast. I mean, as Matt said, I had a blast preparing my spreadsheets. It was so nerve wracking. I I felt, I felt a a lot of pressure because like Matt said, like I'm nominally the one that knows more about MLS and, Mm -hmm. um, knows about all these kind of obscure players and stuff. So I felt the pressure to draft well and to have a good strategy. I couldn't get shown up here. So, um, I feel like I succeeded. I feel like I have a better team than you. Oh, not even. <laughs> so
1: I, I'll give you that your midfield is probably better. Your your mid like so Carlos Heel versus Ladero. Ladero win slightly. Yeah. And then Busio versus Pomacol. That depends on who you're talking to, and because they're very much up in the air, both young
0: players one's struggling with an injury, one's younger than the other one, yeah. So it remains to be seen whose career is going to yeah, be better, exactly. There.
1: So at this point, I think Call is probably better in terms of being an eight, yeah. Busio is just figuring out what position he wants to focus on, yeah. And so I'll, I'll say that maybe you have it there, um, in terms of a today, number eight, yeah, 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 today, and, yeah. And, and, and today but then Victor Wanyama versus Chara I think that they're actually equivalent
0: because of Chara's age
1: because of Chara's age but they're like similar players yeah. and um Wanyama is coming from Tottenham he's obviously yeah. played at a high level he's decent technically and he's just not going to be like as bright and shiny uh, yeah. as, as Chara is because he's that fast ball winner right. and Wanyama is just a bully ball winner yeah. and um and then I think going forward at right mid you you definitely went out with Vela over Quintero. <laughs> yeah. I went out at striker with Joseph Martinez, and I think I went out at uh, with Pavon versus yeah. Um And then with our center backs, I think that it's pretty even in terms of Aaron Long is better than Abubakar, and um, and Zimmerman is better than gonzalez Pires. Yeah. So those negate. And then our outside backs are up in the air in terms – I think that I have better outside backs –
0: I think you have better attacking outside backs. And um, it just
1: depends what you want to do
0: with them. Yeah. Um, I go back to the center backs. I, I would argue that like the two com- the comparable things is like right. Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long were our first picks, yeah. and then Pires and Abubakar were our first picks. I think Zimmerman's a cut above Aaron Long yeah. um, right now, uh, and he's a bit younger yeah. by a year. No, so I, that I, I really mean, count yeah. Him. I think that they're and I think Zimmerman's a better, better attacking threat, um, mm-hmm. and then Abubakar. Maybe Gonzalez Pira is back when he played for Atlanta. If he can yeah. reach that, he I, I would rate him above. That, that's
1: a question where you have to caveat it. Is it a system yeah. thing? Because I mean, obviously Colorado yeah. has a more defensive counterattacking system. Yeah, exactly. And so, is it a system or is yeah. it a player? That's where that one's kind of up for debate. And yeah, I'll be. You
0: could you could debate that one back and forth. Um, and then you've got Andre Blake. I've got Pedro Gaiese. Wait, uh,
1: Andre Blake is way better.
0: I mean, sure, but also Andre Blake hasn't been. Like, widely rated as a golden glove
1: level keeper until this year. Or Gaese, because Gaese, he's coming from Peru or a South American glove that he was having trouble with. Exactly. But if you can
0: make the argument for both, then I like, I mean, Andre Blake won the golden glove this year for a reason.
1: As of this year, because that's all you have to dictate your judgment of Gaese. Andre Blake is better. Yeah. If if that's what we're can considering. Sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. But um I still think that like Andre Blake is a fantastic keeper and probably a better keeper than Gayese but I think both keepers are gonna kind of like win games for us oh so easily. I mean I think it's a, a close a close battle there but obviously Matt and I are never gonna settle this no. so if you have an opinion on which team you think is better uh, feel free to come over to our Instagram at, at what the FC podcast or our Twitter at the at what the FC pod or if emails more your speed uh, what the FC podcast at gmail.com feel free to tell us who you think uh, got it better. I'm sure we'll do a couple polls on Instagram uh, through the Instagram stories, and uh, Matt will try to sway you with some gifs towards his players uh, and all that fun stuff. So uh, make sure you engage with us and and tell us who you think is better because Matt and I are never going to be able to agree. So I think we'll just sign off and go watch a playoff game. Sounds good to me. on that note, I am Will Martin.
1: And I'm Matt McCutcheon. And this is What the FC. Excuse me, did you say gif? (laughs)